What's going on guys thanks for checking out episode 16 of the animal podcast and i hope you are doing superb uh, right before we do a quick introduction of our guest we have to do a quick introduction before the introduction trust me just uh head on down to that description uh if anything piques your curiosity in this episode or you just want to hey check it out right now um but we do ask it'd be it'd be cool if you could send us a follow on instagram and um Send us an email if you think you should be on this podcast or you know somebody who thinks you should be on this podcast. Um, and yeah, it's about that. So uh, uh, appreciate me uh, stop talking and, and letting the clips roll. So yeah, peace. And hey, what's up? We are rolling. Uh, thanks for checking out episode 16 of the N1 podcast. Uh, me and Sammy have a wonderful guest on today. Uh, it is the founder of the Berlin Football Academy uh, here in KW. Uh, it is uh, Santiago Almada. Hopefully, I said that right. Uh, an Argentinian-born uh, Canadian soccer player and coach uh, who grew up in Kitchener. Uh, he played at Cameron Heights. He also did the IB program there, so that's impressive enough as it as it stands. But then he went on to. Uh, uh, play for a few years at Cleary University in Michigan, um, Howell, Michigan. And so he's joining us on the podcast tonight. Uh, you want to say hello, tell everybody maybe more extensively what you do and how, how you are doing right now. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Santi. Um, I've been working in soccer for the last four or five years since I graduated from college. I'm currently doing my master's at the University of Waterloo in uh, business entrepreneurship. And yeah, recently we've just kind of taken our, our club to the next level by introducing different kinds of clubs and um, sports and whatnot. And I'm just happy to be able to talk about it once, once again. So thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, sweet. Um, and so so how, how has that all been going lately? How, how have you been uh, rolling with COVID? Uh, kind of like what have been the hurdles with that specifically? Yeah, it's been pretty good. We just actually today started our our kind of first official team practices uh, training sessions. Um, we're still kind of trying to figure out exactly what the Ontario government means by their by their restrictions and regulations every week. So we're just kind of at the mercy of the um, provincial overlords at the time. Are we but all right? We're just kind of hoping, yeah, seriously, but we're kind of just hoping that um, over the next few weeks, as vaccinations and everything ramp up, we're, we're able to start hosting games. Um, we're trying to set up some friendly games. It's really difficult to get anyone to play us these days just because, um, you know, just local clubs, generally speaking, just for some reason, don't want to play exhibition games against our teams. And it's just been kind of stressful trying to, you know, create a season for these guys. But I'm kind of hoping that the optimism we see nowadays with the nice weather and, you know, how people want to be outside or is going to kind of incentivize these people to start playing games hopefully soon. So, yeah, we're just hoping that these uh, protests and everything work and we can kind of get back on the field hopefully soon. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, is, is, is it a possibility that you'll have to have a... Um a vaccine requirement to, to to play is that is that something that looks like it might be in the future or do you no, think I don't, it'll just I don't, be general vaccines i don't think so just because how much uh 
Yeah, I don't think so. Just because of how much people are involved in the youth game, like yep. realistically, a lot of you know twelve year olds, eleven year olds won't be getting vaccinated anytime soon yeah, or true, at right? all. And so you know, it's not really something that we're looking into. Personally, mm-hmm. like I believe uh, these are my personal opinions, but I just don't believe that any of our player, like our you know age group, is really that at risk for this sort of thing. So we just kind of prefer the vaccines go to the uh, people who actually need them first, and then you know if the opportunity comes for us to go and get them, then hopefully we can get that sorted and just make sure that there's no issues with anyone. But for us personally, the reason we want to get vaccinated is so we can travel again and just kind of get back to our our business. Half of our business is in the U.S. and we haven't been able to be there. And, in quite some time yeah for sure and i mean this is a sports podcast not a covid podcast so uh take everything we say and uh and, and do your own research make sure that we're right um but i i believe a lot of the uh vaccines have st- are, are still have either just started or are in the midst of uh clinical trials for people under the age of 18 i think 12 to 18 is kind of the range they're they're still unsure about so um, exactly i mean yeah you're right there um you mentioned that it's it's hard for you guys to get exhibition games. Is that kind of a uh, is that is that a normal uh, year kind of thing? Like, what do you guys normally have a league you play in, or what what's that like? Is there is there politics there? I know there's politics in all sports, so. Yeah, I just so basically we play in the local district, Ontario provincial leagues, like all the normal leagues that any soccer club plays in. Um, I just think that there's a little bit of. Yeah, like like you're saying, politics and whatnot. Personally, uh, our team just kind of has a philosophy that uh, we'll play, actually not even play, we'll host any team that wants to play us just to kind of make a statement about the fact that, you know, these kids haven't played soccer in about a year and, like, they deserve to play as many games as possible. So we're willing to actually spend the money to get clubs to play us, and, and it's still kind of difficult. And I think it just becomes because our, uh, our teams tend to, um, you know, it, encompass some of the top prospects in the region just when it comes to how our programming is so focused towards pro development and scholarship opportunities that I think some people might think that just because they come and play and lose to our team that they might lose their players and whatnot and you know I don't think it just has to be like that I think we're all kind of grown adults and these are children playing soccer it's not the world cup so I think that my opinion and I think this would be a nice little clip for your podcast bits but I think that clubs here should just kind of put the egos away and just start focusing more on just playing games and letting kids play soccer because it's just been so much time and so many shutdowns and this and that and like kids are depressed. So like let them play some games against some local teams, but let's make some hype local derbies like a Kitchener Waterloo game, a Kitchener Cambridge, Berlin Cambridge. Like let's make it super hype. We'll stream it. We'll do anything that they want because we want to make it just, we want to bring soccer back to the region and we'll be the first ones to play games. I can guarantee you that because um, we're just ready to go always. We always want to compete. We want to score goals and we want to win games. So basically like, it's just a very focused approach and we just want to play soccer. We're kind of over the, the, the politics of all this and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. We just want to play soccer. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the attitude. Um, I, it was, it was nice of you to kind of just, uh, give me my Instagram clip there <laughs> instead of, uh, me having to kind of rough, ruffle through the whole thing. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we, uh, we'll, we'll see if we get some other stuff, but the people should know by now if, uh, that's what we ended up using. But yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that attitude. And I feel like a lot of teams and sports in general, and even just sports leagues, are just too scared to, I don't know, take a chance, take a risk. Um, and I think that like a lot of the uh, sports leagues from youth all the way up to professional, the ones that are succeeding, the ones that get the most um, 
in engagement are you know the, the the ones that are are willing to play willing to take risk and, and risks and see what works exactly man i, I got, like i totally agree and so we're just kind of always taking risks and always making moves and some people will keep up some people won't some clubs will come and go but at the end of the day the ones that provide the value are the ones that stay right so mm-hmm. that's uh the nature of see people seem to forget that soccer is a business but it is a business there's a lot of money that gets moved and a lot of these people that make the decisions make a lot of money they have a lot of they have big wallets and that they did they depend on just enrollment right no no any nothing really else so i just think that we could all just kind of maybe band together now that we've all been through hell and back in the last year and just kind of put away all the party politics and all the all the dumb stuff that goes on in the sport and just play as many goddamn games as we can you know yeah um so you're a pretty big coach up question have you played football manager in the past yeah, man. I uh, I, I used to play, I used to play it on the on my phone and also on the computer. Yeah. So, how much of of that do you take in using in your um, coaching experience today, if any? Uh not really. I just kind of when it comes to coaching experience, I think that one thing that our team is also like very good at is you know my staff is all between the ages of twenty one and twenty five. And so we're all like current players, active players and whatnot, whereas the teams and the coaches that we play against are people that haven't touched the soccer ball in 20 years. And so just that right alone just gives you a different perspective of the game and players tend to respect you more if you can also keep up and do the same things that you're telling them to do, you know? And we we, we emphasize a lot of, of, uh, of effort when it comes to training because, you know, we just believe that if we want to be the best, you got to train like the best and you got to put in both the work on the gym and the sessions themselves and, and just kind of rely on each other to, to, to bring it up. So I'm currently, you know, I'm the head coach of the women's WPSL team, but I play on the men's uh, UPSL team. And so like, I kind of have both perspectives myself and it just gives you a different kind of outlook when it comes to, to the club because I feel like I'm all of our players are just really attached to the to the logos to the to the organization and just to the to the family we have and it's a close tight knit group we're pretty exclusive on purpose because we're not really in it for the money we're just in it to win games and provide opportunities so I think we win games and we, we our coaching strategy works because we're aggressive we're hardcore and we just kind of are young and efficient with what we do yeah and um, you started the academy how how was that process and how does it really work to start your own academy it was kind of tough and like you know a lot of people hated on it there's a lot of local people that um you know talked down about it they tried to you know just shut it down before it started contacting governing bodies and whatnot and now our organization is established registered osa certified canada soccer certified like we did all the paperwork all the documents you know and like we just proved ourselves locally and a lot of teams will come and go. There's people that have tried to, you know, replicate what we've been doing, but just over the years, they just don't have the same consistency of quality and results. And I think, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't come naturally to some people. So we started it. Um, it took, we started with two teams, a U23 team and a U15 team. And then that grew into four teams and then six teams. And now this year we have actually, just six or seven men's and women's soccer teams but we have our track and field academy our field hockey academy our gym and our yoga like classes so we have just kind of like just diversified in other things too and just kept the soccer academy with just top quality players and just very efficiently structured system top down so i think that approach too just allows you to grow at a more sustainable rate 
you know, we could cash out and just have a bunch of youth teams and have them lose every game because scores don't matter under the age of 12 and, you know, just cash out on people. But I just don't think that's fair. That's not like I'm a pretty ethical person when it comes to sales. I'll never sell something that I can I don't believe in. And I just don't believe in, you know, academies for youth, like it just for kids. You yeah. know, once you get into high school, then come talk to me and my team and we'll just put you up. We'll set you up. But we just would rather let all the youth clubs deal with the, you know, U9, U8, U7, all that stuff because it's just it's so oversaturated and people charge way too much money for it. So we just try to stay within. Honestly, I just tell everyone basically from your first year of high school until the last year you decide to start playing soccer. So basically like anywhere from, I mean, would be we have one guy who's 29 on our men's team. So I guess I would be the oldest and our youngest would be 15. So the range isn't like that big because after 18 you're an adult right so you can play with 29 year olds so it's actually pretty pretty tight wow uh there's a lot of things i could ask a question about uh jumping back to just how you said the kind of process of uh you know you know starting the the academy itself do you think that um now I, i'm not familiar with everything you need to go through um paperwork and and and, and whatnot um certifications all that um do you feel as though it's 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 fair to people trying to start out? I, I understand that. I mean, you were able to do it successfully, but uh, do you feel as though it should be easier, harder? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's screwed against you, or, or, or is it pretty reasonable? So I was actually thinking about this yesterday and talking to my colleague Ryan about it because basically this week we were accepted into the, to the Southwest District officially, okay. which, I mean, I feel like – it is a big accomplishment, I suppose, but, you know, we started the Academy in 2017. And so it's just not like, it's not as significant because we had already been registered by OSA first. So for example, like the provincial body recognized us before our local body, which usually should be the other way around. Right. So I just, yeah, I so. do understand though. And this is one thing I kind of will side with their side is, is that if they were just to give licensing to any person who mm -hmm. has like an idea about soccer, then the whole system would collapse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think the requirements themselves, like I genuinely believe in a free market. And I think that, you know, if you have a good idea, you have a good concept, you have something that's sustainable and you have like minimum requirements, like you're an incorporated business, you have like a board of directors, a constitution, you should just be allowed to play. Yeah. Like that's how it works in everywhere else in the world, even in the United States, which is why we started moving our pro development teams to Buffalo. It's just because like, you know, there, it literally is an application process. We showed them our financials, our projections, our plan, you know, and we worked directly with them and they had immediately no problem recognizing the value that adding an organization does. So I think there is a lot of room for growth here, excuse me, but at the same time, like, it's just, they have to do it at a sustainable level. And I think to give them credit, I think they kind of are trying to, to maintain a relatively steady structure here. So it just doesn't all break down all of a sudden. So it's kind of like a, a two, what's it called? A two sided sword like that. Yeah. Yeah. Double, double edged sword. Sorry. Double edged sword. Um, anyways, uh, so, so you said, uh, you mentioned that kind of you, you've recently not only expanded, uh, your, your soccer teams, but you, you've also, um, you've added a track and field team. You do strength and conditioning now, uh, field hockey and then you were just talking about um uh, what were you doing down in buffalo um are these all areas you want to expand in how do you see that going over the next few years like what, what's the future 
Um, I think long term, our goal is to just continue to grow like locally. You know, I'm a big downtown Kitchener guy. Like, I love Kitchener. I've been. I'm a big fan of the city. Our, you know, our team name is based around you know the old name for the city and. You know, we're just like really identify with with the downtown core. So I don't really want to move everything away. But at the same time, uh, we did have an opportunity to expand into New York and it really did work wonders for us from a um, marketing perspective and also just like a legitimacy perspective that we can now, you know, provide like semi-professional opportunities for our athletes and kind of like a path to pro more or less. So I think the idea is to grow the... Um, the pro development side in the US and then the youth academy here in Canada, but I'd rather just kind of keep it in Kitchener if possible. And then same with the track and field, like, you know, each one of those programs is run by another person like me. Um, you know, like every single person actually is much more qualified than I am for soccer. You know, they're like, you know, four year NCAA or OUA like veterans with medals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. and, and so, so we purposely found like people that we think are just super effective at what they do and you know, honestly, we believe in giving young people a shot because at the end of the day, no one gave me a shot and look where we are. So I think uh, I think it's my my duty to kind of try to pass on the opportunities if we can. Yeah, and um, you talk about how, how no one really gave you a shot. How, how much farther do you think could have gone if you had someone in your community who was running something similar to Berlin Academy? And how would that have helped you in playing career? Well, that's the thing is we always talk about, you know, the reason that I played for Waterloo United growing up, the local team. And the only reason I got recruited is because I went to my own recruiting events. You know, at the time, it wasn't a big deal. You know, the recruiting thing wasn't a huge deal, you know. And so now it's completely shifted towards, sorry, now it's pretty much fully shifted towards online recruiting. And like the recruiting process is more complicated than ever because everyone wants to go play at a division one school. Everyone wants to be on TV right now tied with LSU. So I think it's just, um, it's just like a big, it's a big deal to everyone. Everyone's chasing the cloud at the same time. And so I think if, if, you know, the team I was on when I was growing up was like a top three team in Ontario. If we had had someone like, um, my friend Ryan, who runs Next Level U Sports and does all the recruiting for us, like we could have, a lot of us could have went to really, really good schools. And I got really lucky to go to Cleary because I got a really good scholarship and I went to an NAI school. And a lot of people here just don't consider that uh, as an option. But these schools and have like really nice facilities that would kind of like dwarf people that are, you know, looking to go to smaller universities in Ontario. So I think we're just trying to just show people there's multiple different paths available for them. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so, so I, I, I saw that uh, at NIA, and from my from my knowledge of college football in the states, that is that around a Division two, Division three level. Not so. So basically, it, like a, the way that people consider it is different. so the difference between an NCAA Division one school and an NAI Division one school okay. is uh, just the like the rules regarding like international players, um, scholarship money you can give, right? So like NAIA schools have more scholarship money available okay. and can have more international students, and so generally speaking, they're smaller schools. So like there's schools mm -hmm. from like anywhere from like five hundred to like ten thousand students, but they're just generally very very good at. Um, at sports because they recruit like ridiculously high quality players. Um, and so like, there's an example of an NAIA team this, uh, just a few weeks ago that beat Creighton for four one. And so like, there's just like, they're beating D one schools all the time, especially now in spring because the COVID season, anyone can beat anyone. 
the teams that usually recruit well didn't recruit well and you're seeing a lot of like big nai schools uh in soccer men's and women's uh you know just getting the opportunity to beat d1 schools so i think there's like a lot of misconceptions about this stuff i'm not saying that nai is any better than division two or division one soccer it's you know obviously like these big schools have a lot of money and resources but there's just a there's a place for everybody and i think there's just a lot of uh different programs out there if you're really willing to like take the shot on one of them you know yeah you you, you talked about uh get, getting that nice uh scholarship to go play at uh cleary um so when, when you went to cameron you were there for the international uh, baccalaureate program or ib as most people call it um yeah. did that help you get the scholarship and how uh, important is it for you and like and, and what role does it take in your coaching talking about the kind of balance of school and sports yeah honestly like I did the full IV program too. So I did, you know, all the classes and everything, the IB final exams. I got, I did the, what's it called? The predicted grades to get into university early, like the whole, the whole deal. And honestly, like with what I know now, um, I just don't think there's any, unless you're trying to go to Harvard or like a ridiculously Mm -hmm. high performance school, like, like, let's say you're going to the number one school for business in Ontario, the number one school for health science in Ontario, whatever, like then do the full IB program because you can get the, the bonus marks and clout that'll help you with the interviews. But if you're not target, if you're just a norm, like just, if you're just a smart person who's just looking at any opportunity, like there's no reason to ever do IB because like you can just get better grades and have a better chance at getting academic scholarships. You have a better chance at, at um, you know, getting into schools all across the world. Not a lot of universities accept IB like transfer credits anyway. You know, yeah, I've of, heard about some that. Of the big ones do, but not a lot of them do. So there's not like that many benefits to it, apart than your high school experience just being traumatic and a lot harder than, than I, in my opinion, than it really needs to be. So if I was a, if I was in high school today and I was at Cameron Heights and they were like, okay, this year you're starting IB, I would just kind of take the easier courses, take the spares, don't have to take the extended essay, the theory of knowledge, and just kind of like honestly coast through high school. In my opinion, I think high school is easier than it's ever been, especially because it's all online. So I just, I wouldn't just kind of take advantage of that system. And I feel like a lot of people aren't. So long story short, I think it's just, it's a lot easier to just do it the normal way, you know? Yeah. And more beneficial too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you went to Cameron, you played at Cameron, you talked about getting eliminated in the semifinals. From my personal experience, the Cameron Cameron always has the craziest soccer teams. Was that the case when you were going to school? And if so, why do you think they always have such good soccer teams? I think it's just like a geographic thing, to be honest. Like Cameron Heights is like right in downtown the core, right? So like they get a lot of like the downtown community. You have a lot of like, um, you know, like there's a lot of like low income, high income, income disparity between the kinds of people. So you get people from kind of all over the spectrum. And I think that kind of like pull plus the amount of students they have is why they generally have pretty good soccer teams. I just remember when, you know, when I was on the team, there was, it was a pretty diverse team. Like we had kind of the whole, you know, like the whole region um, within our demographic. So it's, it was pretty, pretty diverse in that perspective, which you know, always helps when, you know, you're trying to get the best players for every position. So yeah, I think we won Wixo two times while I was there. And, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think too much about high school, honestly. I didn't really – I wasn't just – it wasn't a huge part of my life. Yeah. Is, is the coaching pretty good there? 
Uh, I mean, I think high school coaching itself, I think high school soccer itself here is not as good as people seem yeah. to think it is. It's really disorganized and people like wear different colored pants and shorts to play all weeks of finals. Like it's just, yeah. it's not serious. People seem to think it's serious, but I just don't think people take it as seriously as they should. So I wouldn't say like the coaching is excellent. It's just very just average soccer. It's yeah. just, I, in my opinion, it's just for people that just want the clout of being the popular person at their school for scoring that winning goal. But does playing, you know, Wix of soccer open up any sort of opportunity for you? Like, no. It's just a, a plaque that I have on my wall right now. I have two of them. So it's like, it's cool. It's a good memory, I guess, you know? Hey, well, I'm I'm sure it looks nice on your wall, but yeah, no, you're 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 right. I mean, the the, the team at KCI, uh, where where me and me and Sammy attend, it's yeah, it's it's, not... it's thrown together every year. I don't even know who coaches it. Um, I mean, like, no no discredit to people who play soccer at the Wix level or people who are genuinely interested in soccer. It's just the league itself isn't all that great. Um, it's it's not doing most people many favors. Um. But but hey, uh, you know I'm I'm never gonna hate on somebody for for doing something uh, uh, they they like. Anyways, mo- moving on, um, moving on, but also kind of jumping back. Uh, you were talking about um, the the whole kind of carousel with um, scholarship opportunities and, and how that's changed uh, kind of yeah. the modern age. Um, I know from a lot of kind of college recruitment in the U.S. and uh, in, in North America in general that at this point the media is so involved in it that that they can uh, essentially pr- predict where somebody's going to uh, commit. I know, like in in the yeah. U.S., you'll see a lot of time D1. There'll be crystal ball, and it's really accurate. Like by the time somebody's announcing their commitment, it's like they're ninety percent sure where he's going to go. Um, what role do you think the media plays um, in recruitment and scholarship opportunities? And, like, how do you think that's changed just kind of, like, the whole scene over the past, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years? Yeah, I think people here are just quick to forget how, like, far ahead the United States is of Canada in any sort of sporting situation ever. Um, Like, you got to think, man. Like, imagine going to play KCI versus WCI. You have the University of Michigan watching. You know, like, it's not, it's, it's, it's a completely different world. Like, kids are recruited because of high school sports. Kids get 5,000 fans to a high school final. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, like, it's, it's a different, like, world. And so, because of that, the media is interested in it, you know? But, like, I was at a, uh, I think it was a Wixa final, and there was, like, 100 people there, 150 people at Woodside. And it was a big deal, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, dude, this is, like, Five, 1% of the population of the people that would go to like a, 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 like a football final in Michigan. Like they play the finals at the Detroit Lions Stadium, you know? Like it's not, it's, it's just Te- a different Televised world. on ESPN and everything, right? Right. And so, well, for example, we have our, our, our women's WPSL team that we form are all Division One athletes in the States pretty much. And so these girls are sending, we ask them, we have a group chat with the entire team, and we ask them, we say, Girls, if you guys have a game and you know, just let us know so we can watch and support you. These girls are sending us like ESPN links. You know, they're sending us like their game is on like prime time, seven, eight p.m. You know, University of Maine versus whoever. So it's like, it's just a different world, right? So I think that's one thing we kind of forget. 
even with like OUA sports here, like they're great. You know, I'm, I'm at the University of Waterloo. I love the sport. Like I, I follow OUA soccer like crazy. But you know, who goes? How many fans do they get? You know, like how many how many fans would go watch? Uh, you know, Waterloo versus Algoma on Saturday. Not like it's not what you think it is, right? So it's, I think we just need to all like this is what I'm saying with the politics. I think we just need to all get behind it and support it if you really want to have the same sort of opportunities they have in uh, in America. Because again, like imagine you're playing for your high school and you have you know Duke and Kentucky fighting for you. Like it's just it's just a different world. It doesn't happen here. Anyone who goes to the NBA here ends up going to the states for prep school first. Yeah, um, no, no, you're right, and I would say maybe, maybe just the, the the like one sport where where we're probably probably ahead, but I mean, arguably the U.S. is already catching up is 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 hockey. But it's like, well, why is that? You know, we got the CHL; it's a Canada-wide thing. We we have it like Canada pours uh, a lot into hockey, and I mean, it works. Uh, I mean, like, look at the makeup of like like representation of Canadians in the NHL, it's like close to 50%. And so when I, I don't know, this question kind of inevitably comes up every podcast. What's well, how do we grow? How do we grow? How do we grow? Cause we have a lot of, you know, basketball, football, soccer, um, whatever, um, you know, people on the podcast, it's like, well, look at hockey. I, hopefully we can get there. Hopefully we can do something like that because really that's all we, all that we have. That's even kind of comparable to, um, the U.S., right? Well, man, let me put it to you in a different way. You know, people always talk about how they wanna, they wanna grow the women's soccer in Canada. They, you know, they wanna, they think it's great. They, they wanna put money behind it and whatnot, right? But if no one's actually willing to spend money to do it, then you can't actually do it. So you can't grow. And you know, we can all say that it's good. We wanna grow this, this, and that, but. Unless you're putting money on the table and actually doing it, yeah. it's just like, it's just talk, you know? So I think the biggest problem with like long-term growth here in sports is I think we all think that we support, you know? So like, let's say, you know, for example, we've had a professional basketball team in Kitchener-Waterloo for the last, say, three to four years. Have you ever been to a game? Do you know anyone who's been to a game? I've, I have yeah. a story about that. I've, I've been to one game and... I was supposed to go to a game. I was supposed to go to. The only times I've gone, it's like, it's been like I've gotten like free tickets from someone, and then the one time I went, there's like fake, there's like literally fake fan noise. Like that, they have to play fake fan cheering because there's no, it's also, I think it's like, there's not enough fans to come and they have it in the odd, right? So the atmosphere is so bad because it's like this huge building with like 500 people in it. It's just kind of, it makes it kind of sad. Yeah. Well, I agree, man. And, like, you can't, like, at the same time, though, like, I can't hate on them for that because they're trying. They're doing something. Yeah. You know, like, they're, like, and I respect it because, like, these guys are, like, trying to do something that, like, is, is never been done before. And, you know, they're trying to, to show that, you know, they have really quality players. But, you know, if the, if the city doesn't, like, identify with it, if the people, like, you know, you have a Friday night at a COVID first sporting event, who are you going to go watch? Probably won't be the KW Titans. It'll probably be like the Blue Jays, the Maple Leafs. You know, it's like these, these already you know, massive conglomerates. You know, if you have a professional women's hockey team in Guelph, like, are you buying season tickets yourself? You know, no. Like, it's not like people don't just do that. So it's it, you have to like actually 
create this is like i think the most interesting discussion in the world can you create hype can you actually create support for something or is it just like organic and almost like unnatural to humans yeah like, can you create hype does that exist you know like yeah, can you, can you pull something out of nothing especially about basketball too right with like we've had it we've had a guy from four quarters media who's he's trying to create hype for Canadian basketball, like Canadian University basketball, and they have such good talent, and they have players who are like I really enjoy watching them play. But it's just it's hard. It's hard to you can't. It's, it's hard to get people to come out like that. They're they're not great at marketing. And yeah, we gotta cut it off here. I gotta take a break. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, 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 we'll just take a break and uh, join back in a in a second. All right, yeah, we're back rolling uh, after a short break. We were just talking, uh, we were just mentioning that we had Tyler Bennett on the podcast. Go check that one out, uh, Four Quarters Media. Oh, uh, we're going to need to pause. Okay, and we're live again. Okay, I think we're finally good. A few technical errors, a few breaks. We're back at it, uh, talking about media hype uh, and how it's just, I mean, hard in general to create hype. Um you know, I everybody likes hype. Everybody, I, I mean, claims that they like sports, claims that they want uh, all sports to grow in their area, especially KW area, but there's a lot more that goes into it. And so one of the main things Tyler was mentioning was like there was, when, when he was on the podcast, is, is there was a market for, um, you know, the leagues he was covering at, at Four Quarters Media, but it, it really wasn't heavily marketed. Uh, the, the, the people... We're just kind of loose fans, and, and there wasn't much done to reach out to them to keep them engaged and all that. Yeah. What kind of media attention do you guys get, if any? I mean, like maybe an odd visit from Five One Nine Sports, but. Yeah, we work with we work with Five One Nine Sports, um, like relatively frequently. They were pretty big. Um, yeah. When when uh, when we first started, it's been a pretty important part of our connections. But honestly, I have a pretty controversial opinion when it comes to this because. I have a firm belief that you can't invent news. Okay, so like I think one of the because like news is either yeah. like subjectively interesting or it's not. Right? Yeah. So like I feel like a lot of like news people and especially people in sports here like to use media to like validate what they're doing. You know. Yeah. And so for example, and I'll use I'll use five one nine sports as an example because like I've I've done this I've worked with them and you know the the quality of the stuff we work together is great. Right. But if I, if I pay Darren to come, you know, rep, like film our event, you know, and he makes like he does what he does, which is provide coverage for it. But if I'm paying him to come film something and create news around it, that's not news. Not really news. Yeah. It's not, it's not news. You know, no one cares because you're paid. And so what I think is the real important part is when the CTV comes to you or when the record <laughs> comes to you. Like, honestly, I have a thing from the record here, but, like, I messaged, you know, I emailed Mark and told him about what we were doing. He thought it was interesting, which is great, and I appreciate the support. But if people were really, like, watching, or if you actually did something that's worthy of news, it would be covered, right? So, like, that's my kind of perspective on it. I think the media plays not really a big role at all because, I mean... I think it's great that there's tons of coverage of junior B hockey, but that doesn't make me a fan of it. Yeah. So like I see fair. it everywhere, but I just don't. I'm not attached to it just because it's out there, right? So, 
Just because something is available doesn't mean it's interesting. Just because you think something's interesting doesn't mean the world thinks it's interesting. And that was one of the most important things that I learned. And so what I started doing is I thought it was really, really important to showcase like an authentic view of like what we do. And so we started posting these like episode style, like call it Netflix documentary, Last Chance You Sell episodes that show kind of like a behind the scenes. It's kind of like almost like a oh, partial no approach where you just kind of film from behind the scenes and get to know the personalities behind what we do, the coaches, the players, like you get to see more of like a kind of like an uncensored, more interesting like approach, you know? No one cares that I won a game one day like six years ago, but someone yeah. might care that you have real people who have real stories and real impact and, you know, those are the things that people actually will get behind and support. And so I think that those videos that we make are more news than anything we've ever put out because at least it's honest. At least it has, like, there's no monetary gain from us making those videos. Mm -hmm. It's just cool. And it's just like a momentum that in four years will be like, wow, that was pretty funny when you filmed those videos last summer. You know, so it's kind of like, it's kind of just creating memories. And I think that stuff is more news. So I think people will notice if you're doing something right. People will notice if you're doing something wrong. But if you feel like you deserve to be, you know, showcased, you're wrong. Because the public eye is either interested in something or they're not. Also, Michigan's up by four. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's that it's that point in the podcast. Uh, I mean, in the 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 March Madness podcast where we're holding our breath. So I can't claim to be a a, a huge Michigan fan, um, but but yeah, I, I I guess I'll I guess I'll cheer for them uh, with you guys. They got yellow jerseys. Yellow's pretty cool. Um, anyways, back to uh, you know the 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 important stuff, the the stuff that the listeners care about. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I get it, yeah, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's definitely, the, a lot of times when people try and create, create news, I guess, kind of what you said, where, where there's no real news to be created, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't come to them, they're forcing it, it just kind of comes off, um, as corny, but, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested yeah. in, in, in what you, what you're talking about, the, the kind of, like, docu-style stuff you're filming, how are you guys releasing that? Is, is that already released? Like, can people yeah, check so it out? Just, What's up with so that? So basically, uh, it started actually last summer. We uh, actually, no, it started, that's actually not true. It started in the summer of 2019. Uh, okay. We basically, uh, we did like a partnership with this company called FTF Canada. And they do like really, really good like marketing and whatnot for like sports, for soccer specifically. Yep. And so they, they've been a really big supporter of what we've been doing. And so we partnered with them. They made a really, really cool video. And then my brother actually started a company called Cloud North Visuals, which is like a, a media production company. So we've yeah. just added photographers and videographers to everything that we do. Yeah. So for every game that we go to, we bring at least one cameraman and one video guy. And then what kind of what happened is we hired two co-op students last, uh, last summer from the University of Waterloo. And one of them was kind of like a creative director. And he was kind of in charge of putting out like a weekly or bi-weekly kind of series on what we did from say like September 1st to end of December this, of 2020. Okay. And it was pretty cool because like that kind of came from an extension of what we did the year before, which is we basically took a camera guy and a film guy to every big event that we did. So every time we visited a university, we would actually like kind of return the favor by creating this like almost like promotional video of our entire visit and kind of post it and show like, 
you know, the university, the, you know, the athletics facilities and all that stuff. So we've been doing this stuff for a while. And I honestly think it's my favorite part of all of it because we just, after we do any of these cool things and we win a game, we get like, this cool video that we get to watch after and kind of all laugh about how, how kind of silly we look on camera. So <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's pretty fun. Of course. Yeah, uh, hear, hear your own voices. I know nobody likes that, right? Uh, I have to edit these things, so you can only imagine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's that's sick. I, I, I saw a um, buddy of mine from uh, – went to middle school with – I've seen I've seen all these, you know, uh, all these, like, uh, was it Cloud North visuals? Um, yeah. Kind of edits popping up, and I'm like, damn like where where is that in like the the kci uh football locker room yeah, you know so all, all, all this yeah nico Ginopolis. yeah exactly. uh, shout yeah, out Nico's shout out the boy boys. shout out the that's boy nice. um but yeah no it's 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 I'm, I'm just like that's awesome you know like we we need more um more of that right yeah exactly man. like the more you do it the better right and these kids like i mean they're they're paying for like academy experience but they get treated like professionals because after every game, they get pictures and headshots yeah. and the action shots of them playing. And I mean, if I was in freaking high school, <laughs> Instagram is like the biggest and most important part of your social life. Like, I'd be pumped to get a, a weekly email with with links to to you in a swaggy outfit playing soccer. Exactly right. Yeah, I'm sure the kids love it. Um, and so you said like you, you bring it to all the big events, which means you catch every moment. Uh, what what would you say is like the I don't, I don't know if I want to say best or like worst, but just kind of like the, the craziest moment, like the moment you caught on camera that you couldn't wait to watch back, whether that be good or bad. Yeah. There was one game we played in uh, London, I think in October and it was like this like really scrappy game played against a bunch of fanshaw guys and, um, are they known for being scrappy? No, it's just like typical, like. 401 derby type game oh, okay. nothing crazy like it's just typical talking shit during soccer um but anyways like the game was getting more and more like out of hand and uh i actually like there was like um like what if we subbed one of our guys and mm-hmm. you know he got really really upset about like what we were talking and we basically just like were screaming at each other and just talk like you could literally like there's that and we put it in the episode like we actually added that okay into the, into the episode so i'll send you a link after you can actually see like see me beefing him like yeah for sure talking back and pointing at shit and getting mad and like but that's what i'm saying it's like it's an unfiltered like realistic like this is what happens in soccer you know this is like norm these are regular people i'm not gonna pretend i'm a saint you know i'm not a fake way i am like i think it's just cool that you just showcase you know the coolest and the worst thing so that was kind of like and then there was a fight at the end of the game like the whole thing was just a that was just a shitty day oh big fight big fight cool like really cool positive video and so, like, there's just kind of different ways you frame things, right? So, totally. And then I think one of the coolest things we caught on video was, um, let me think. We've done it. We've done quite a few, like, pretty, pretty, like, in-depth, like, experience things. But we did this one. There's this one tournament that we went to last year, and we had our U18 boys, U18 girls, and the U16 girls all at the same tournament together. And like just because like we're a small club, so we just kind of all are involved in all the teams. And so we went down with like six, seven of our coaches. You know, we had like fifty players there, and our and our all of our teams went undefeated. I think we won every single game except for one that one of the girls' teams tied. And it was a big wow. deal to showcase tournament with three teams. 
And the cool thing is, is we got to put together like a 12 minute recap from that entire tournament. Um, and then we have it on YouTube, but it's just also, we got all the gold. And there was this one game in the video um, that was really cool. We were playing against like a top 10 ranked team in Ohio, I think. No, I'm sorry, in Pennsylvania. And um, it just started pouring rain and it was cold. And it was like one degree with wind. So we were freezing, it was pouring rain. But because of like how the lights were shining on the field. Oh, like with the, the rain and everything? Like, dude, it looked like something out of like Friday Night Lights. It's really cool. So like the, the video, and then we used uh, the Six God sound from the background or something like that. So it was just like, super, super hype. Dude. But it was like, it was the coolest like thing. And then there's like a clip of like me hyping up all the boys. And then we actually ended up winning the game, being a, like a really good team with two like kind of nice goals. And yeah, I think that was probably the coolest moment to capture. Damn, that's like everything about KCI football, but you you actually won. Exactly. I'm allowed to say it. I was a part of it. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess our, our, our senior team uh, was, was a little more valid uh, going back a couple seasons ago when we were actually playing. But, oh, man, that's awesome. Um, and, yeah, I know we'll definitely um, – we'll, we'll include stuff in the description for anybody interested to uh, to, to go check all that out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, no, like the just human interaction in general caught on camera, especially in those high intensity moments, is is, is good. And you said there was a little uh, little fight that broke out after the game. Um, oh, yeah, was was that a was that like a a bench brawl kind of thing, or was I don't know? Yeah, I know was, so, so, soccer like, soccer uh, kind of has a reputation for being a little softer. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was more of like. Um... Yeah, I'm 25, and we were, like, playing against, like, 20, 20-year-olds, 20 you know, first, second-year college kids. Like, they're at the, top, the peak of their social, yeah. like, life, right? So, you know, they have more testosterone than they've ever had, so everyone's trying to, you know, size up against yeah, each other yeah. and see, like, how strong you are. And just, yeah. You know, it was, it, was, it was honestly, like, they're trying to be, like, everyone, both teams, including our team, like, everyone's just trying to be super tough, and everyone just ends up being super soft because, like, you know, who starts a fight in that soccer game? Like, I think that's yeah, the whole thing. Like, like, it's, it's just, it's just, I don't think there's ever a <laughs> ever fight someone. You know, like, you can just be like, oh, okay, it's a word and we're playing a sport and that's it. So, Fighting, yeah. maybe. That's, that, that's. Yeah, I guess, if there's just, like, people talking shit, I'm just like, man, like, it's words, you know? Like. How old are you? Yeah, like, seriously. Like, literally, I've had to ask kids that sometimes. Like, <laughs> some of the kids we play against, like, have 18-year-olds, you know, I'm just like. Man, like you're so much younger. You know, I'm gonna punch a minor. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, speaking about age, I want to. Uh, I I want to bring it back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier, and that was kind of how you 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 have an age uh, minimum cut off the the whatever and and how I mean you don't want like ten year olds playing academy, um, and all that. I wanted to say back then, and I still want to say it now. Uh, we just had on a guy, Mike Quigley, would have been just the last uh, episode to drop, episode 15, and we talked a lot about um, parents and, and the, kind of the, the dynamic between a parent and his son, his daughter, um, whatever athlete they're taking care of. Um, I We kind of agreed that, that as the athlete gets older, the parents kind of take a little bit more of a step back and tend to be less of a pain to deal with. Um, so I just wanted to kind of mention, like, you're not only are you kind of, you know, for the ethical reasons of it, uh, not, not taking younger guys, but you're also kind of dodging bad parents. I, I don't know if, um, 
if you guys have to put up with a lot of that stuff or if you do put up with it period um but i know it since being in academy and, and whatnot but i i know it was definitely a headache for for mike and so if you haven't checked that episode yeah out, check so it out. <laughs> i think like yeah for sure i'll check it out after this but i i think sometimes um a lot of people in the sporting community kind of give parents a bad time and just kind of blame them for the reasons of their problems, which is, in my opinion, not okay. Um, like, mm-hmm. people raise questions for valid reasons most of the time. Yeah. You know, and you have to understand that, like, imagine, I guess you can't because you're younger, right? So I don't know what the equivalent would be to you. But just the older I get, the more I realize, like, you know, when I was 22 and I started this, you know, I was a 22-year-old going to people in the ages of 35 to 50 asking them for thousands of dollars. So, like, it's, <laughs> it involves, like, a lot of trust, right? And, like, a lot of, like, support. And yeah. I think the benefits that we have is we've had very, very few issues with, with parents. I feel like our, our, our community is some of the most, like, loyal and most supporting people in the world. People that... Um, you know, we offered refunds to everyone because of COVID. And there were some people that just like nice. said, not nah, like absolutely not. And even asked us to still build them through the shutdowns and, you know, like people like that, you know, and at the end of the day, man, like, I don't think any player is irreplaceable. That's the benefit of picking who you get to work with is you have 18 players, but you, mm-hmm. know, you lose one, you got five more and they just come. So I just, we, we kind of like settle down once we get our rosters together and just kind of build for that year. And, you know, we, we kind of even just removed all restrictions. You know, if at any point anyone wants to leave, they're welcome to leave. We'll release them. There will be no penalties, no contract, no bullshit. No hard you feelings. Know, if you want to play somewhere, you, no, not hard feelings, no nothing. And it honestly just makes people, like, calmer and, you know, more supportive. If they feel that, you know, like, things are going to be okay no matter what happens in the world, like, I think you just kind of create more support for them that way. So... Honestly, I don't have anything negative to say because I get, I'm around some of the greatest and most supportive people in the world. But I do believe that sometimes, and I'm guilty of this in the past because I, you know, I used to think that sometimes parents kind of would give you a hard time about stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. they have very valid like concerns. Yeah. And we just kind of have to swallow our pride and like, you know, deal with the concerns that they have. You know, just because someone you might think they're a weaker player, that doesn't mean they mean any more or less than anybody else. So. I think like you have to treat every every problem like it is a problem because just because you know it might not bother you, it can affect someone else. You know, I had the kind of an unfortunate thing happen to me yesterday. Okay. Uh, we did basically like a migration of like software, so we switched our rosters, right? Okay. So we shifted everyone around and scheduled our practices because we started our outdoor today, and basically one of the girls wasn't properly transferred in. All so right. like for whatever reason it just didn't connect and so her father texted me and he was like hey like you know just want to make sure like you know is this player still on the team i said yeah like i don't see why you know that would be an issue like i don't know what happened and i looked into it and i was like okay you know what yeah it just didn't it just glitched out here i'll forward you the email yeah well to me i was like okay sorry it's just a dumb mistake but to this player like like she was apparently very sad like <laughs> she was just sad for a whole afternoon you know, wow. and it's just like, I feel terrible about it, but it's just like, that's how much impact you can have on somebody where like one clerical, like email being incorrect can like affect someone's entire afternoon. So you just have to be like more like cognizant, like cognizant of these things. You have to like watch, like, you know, like you have an impact over people, you know, soccer is a really big part of some people's lives. So like 
the, the one thing they have to look forward to is coming to practice. So especially kind of being at the top of it all, I feel like I have like a responsibility to, to listen to everybody and kind of have an open mind, right? Yeah, no, and I, I think it's it's super important to understand that there's always two sides of everything. And I mean, like you keep mentioning, the problem, right, with, with kind of outing parents, getting upset with parents, is that oftentimes their concerns are valid. Um, it's just, it, it, I mean, this is a lot, with a lot of things in life, it's, it's, you know, people are great at diagnosing the problems. They're not always great at, at, at finding solutions, and sometimes they overestimate their ability with with finding solutions and I, I mean it's the same thing right it's per perspective everything's perspective um uh so yeah i mean i i like what you're saying i generally agree with it and i think it's it's i mean yeah now's as good a time as ever to to you know put that in our back pockets think about it next time we're in a little altercation it's like hey it might, it might just be you know misunderstanding or uh, misunderstanding of the position that you're in or the other person um, with that being said, uh, it's kind of coming to that time where we're getting close to wrapping things up. So I'm going to ask the final question that we always ask our guests Is that good with you. Sounds good, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap things up, uh, we want to know why do you do the work that you do? Uh, if you want an honest answer, man, it's just cause it's fun as hell. Like it could just be way worse, like being in an office from nine to five, but my job is I get to coach some of the best athletes in our region. I get to run an organization that a lot of people support and, you know, we built it from the ground up with no outsider money. So, I mean, I do it because I love it. I do it because, you know, the crew I have around you are some of my closest and most, you know, trusted people I've ever met. And it's honestly like, just, man, it's awesome. I got paid to be in sports, man. It's like literally a dream come true. Like what else could you want? You know? Of course. Awesome. Ever. Yeah, no, love that answer. I mean, we'll accept any answer. Uh, we'll always nod our heads and say yes. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, that that's just because, you know, people in sports, when you ask them why they do it, you just kind of got to shut up and listen. And I think that's the beauty of that, uh, that, that, that final question is no answer is invalid um, and every answer is interesting. So, yeah, uh, yeah be, before we wrap things up for good, uh, just this space here, I'd like to give you a sec just to promote anything you want to promote. Um, I know that docu-series or whatever, if you want to shout that out again, uh, I can put whatever you want in the, in the description for anybody listening, anybody interested. Um, but yeah, if you, if there's anything you want to let, let the uh, listeners know about next time. Um, honestly, the only thing I'm going to plug, man, is I'm not, a, I'm not I don't believe in sales. <laughs> I'm just going to plug how like awesome, like our team is like, you know, all, all of our coaches at Berlin, our, our head coaches, our assistant coaches, uh, our track guys, our field hockey girls, like. I just want to plug them because at the end of the day, like those are the people that are doing like the you know the groundwork and that I think deserve uh, deserve all the recognition for for the success we've had. So um, if if there's one thing I want to plug, man, is like how how good everyone but me is in our organization because <laughs> like these people like that we have from admin to coaching to to accounting to whatever like everyone that's involved from the parents players like those people are the ones that you know, give me the opportunity to have this Zoom call and, and be able to coach soccer and make this, you know, an exciting new development in my life. So if there's anything to plug in promote, man, it's just that we already have the best people, so we can just keep adding more best people. So if you're a best person, either you want to kind of be a part of this, then, I mean, it makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. So For yeah. sure, for sure. Um, we'll have uh, a few things in the description for anybody uh, interested. Um, some social medias, I'm sure we'll 
we'll, we'll find those. We'll connect with those. Put them in the description there. And, uh, I mean, yeah, for me and Sammy, like, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us yeah, this 50, 50 some minutes of your time. And, uh, yeah, I think it, think it went well. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. And like I said, keep doing your thing, dude. I, re- I respect when, uh, when young guys get after it and, and actually do something. So what you guys are doing is important to, to sport. Yeah, man, Keel, I appreciate you guys reaching out. You guys are cool, man. Thanks to the, uh, let me know always. yeah, thanks to kind words, uh, to anybody, uh, still listening at this point. Thanks for watching. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace guys. Take care.